welcome to an all new episode of Brides of Frankenstein. I am Alyssa Oriema. I am Lindsay Sletzik. And it's the most wonderful time of the year. Woo! Boo! Creepy paper. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, friends, we have finally made it to October, the, I think, objectively speaking, the best month of the year. I mean, if you're like us, it's spooky season all year round in our hearts, but now it's spooky season everywhere else as well. I woke up this morning and I said to Mike before he left for work today, uh, the house is going to be creepified by the time you get home. Yes. Because I wasn't able to do it yesterday, mm-hmm. but I was able, I'm able to do it today. And I had already put out some like fall sure, stuff. Sure. It's my, and, and Mike was like, well, you already have your fall stuff out. And I said, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Between my fall stuff yes. and my Halloween stuff. And you will different. see when you return. I'm, and I'm drinking pumpkin uh, coffee with pumpkin spice in it because basic. I have, in case you didn't know, I'm mm-hmm. white. I'm white. Uh, same. And, you know, it's funny that you talk about your decorations. Um, you said you were putting yours up today, whereas I have had mine up since Labor Day weekend. So, you know. Two <laughs> yeah, two kinds of people. You choose chaos. It's fine. I choose just chaos. So with that being said, we are in our spooky season. Yay. The more Yay. spooky, the more spooky. We are in our true form right now. <laughs> exactly. And so we told you that this year we were super excited about the movies that we picked. And we picked these movies back in December of 2020, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, oh, so excited. We just were, tr- I mean, there were a bunch of movies this year that we did that were amazing, but we were really looking forward to this spate of films in yeah. the fall because of birthday mandates and Halloween. So we went into, we had Bram Stoker's Dracula last week, which was my birthday mandate. Right. And it makes total sense that we would go to one of the first adaptations of Dracula to ever be on film, mm-hmm. even though it, it quote unquote isn't, but we'll get into it. Uh, <laughs> today we are talking about Nosferatu. Yes. Directed by F.W. Murno, written by Henrik Galline and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, released in 1922. So this is the oldest movie we've done. Right, 100 years old next year. Oh, I know that's crazy, but yes, it is. It is the oldest movie we've done. It's the first silent movie we've ever mm-hmm. covered, and it's it's really fun to go back and watch it. It is a genuinely unsettling movie to watch. Um, sometimes intentionally, and sometimes not. <laughs> it, it it does have because of the just because of the nature of like the the way filmmaking was in the like it does have a very like uncanny valley kind of vibe to it like with the 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 way people kind of move through it and like the way they style everyone and like the makeup and hair and the costumes like and I'm talking about like the regular characters quote-unquote not just the vampire character like even the regular people are very spooky looking (laughs) oh everyone okay so I said this to Lindsay because the first time okay 
So the first time I watched this movie was actually last year because mm -hmm. I'd seen clips and things, obviously, and I'd seen yeah. the gif of Count Orlock rising and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I was familiar with Max Shrek and the whole kind of mythology behind this film because they did a movie called In the Shadow of the Vampire way back in the day. That was mm -hmm. all about like the myth of this film, which we'll get into. But I had never really seen the whole film. And then I watched it because last podcast on the left did... Um, a series last year called Haunt Your House. And when we were all in lockdown and it was really cool. And I kind of hope they do something like that again this year because they raised a lot of money for Last Prisoner Project and for Black Lives Matter and um, a few other organizations. And one week they did Nosferatu and it was hysterical. I And it was cool because they were watching it with, you know, on mute because, or like very, very quietly because they were talking over it. Yeah. But I got to watch it silently. I got to watch mm -hmm. with no backing, no score. So I watched it again this week with no score because I didn't want that to inform how I was watching it. Yeah. And I texted Lindsay last night and I said, nobody in this movie is good looking. <laughs> it's not even, it's, it's not even that nobody is good looking because yeah. Okay. No, they're not. Nobody looks human nobody looks like a person <laughs> <laughs> like it cuts to the humans like the like like hutter and um and ellen the first time you see them and i'm like ew everybody in this looks like a haunted marionette it's very it's very very unsettling but it is one of the things that does make this so effective on the rewatch this is it's not that's something that i think we come back to time and time again it's like how does this movie hold up like when you go back and watch it again? And maybe this is a, uh, maybe this is a your mileage may vary thing, but it pings that part of my brain that's like deeply, deeply unsettled. <laughs> like every time I watch well, I it, it, like it, like, I, it, like it, yeah. it gives me this kind of like, like skin crawling kind of sensation. And it's very effective for that. Yeah. And you, and you, uh, I, I always come back to that scariest movie moments video movie, uh, documentary that they did on Bravo because yeah. A, it's amazing. And yeah. B, they, all the movies that we're talking about, a lot of the movies, like most of the movies that we've talked about have mm -hmm. been on that list. And they talked about how Nosferatu is one of the guys, I forget. It's the guy that wrote 30 days of night, Steve Niles. And he said something that always kind of stuck with me in it. It, it resonated with me again when I watched it again this week. Mm -hmm. He says, there's a madness there that you can't really put your, your hands on it. Like there's just something mm. insane about, a, about it. Like it doesn't a, feel right. No, there's a, there's a wrongness mm. to it. And I think part of that, even the parts that are, even the parts that have nothing to do with Count Warlock, everything just feels yeah. wrong. <laughs> but I think, but I think, I think part of that is the mystique of the film because it was supposed to have been destroyed after its release. Like it's a film that for all intents and purposes should not like exist anymore. All, all copies were supposed to be destroyed. And the, the, the boring real life reason for that is a lawsuit over copyright from Bram Stoker's widow who claimed that the film ripped off Dracula, which it did. But there's, oh. the, but there's always this like urban legend kind of aspect around this movie about how like the film was cursed and like the set had all these like weird, creepy things going on. And maybe Count Orlock was played by an actual real life vampire. Like there's all, there were all these like 
weird stories kind of surrounding it. Like, so it did create this mystique around the film that I heard about before I actually got to watch it. So I, for me, maybe part of that unsettling kind of aspect that we talked about does come from that and kind of walking yeah. in with that uh, perspective as opposed to, I guess, going in blind. But the other part is it just looks really fucking weird. <laughs> it's so weird looking. And some of that, yes, is because it's almost a hundred years old mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, mm-hmm. you watch older movies, there's this herky, there's this herky jerky quality yeah, to it. Yeah, absolutely. Is, absolutely. Is unsettling, but you can kind of go, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like it's a silent movie. Like we know what that acting is going to look like. It's going to yeah. be very broad and like reactive and stuff. And there's a reason yeah. why a lot of silent movie actors didn't do well when like movies got sound <laughs> some of them didn't sound great yeah, when the, when the talkies came in. yeah poor Clara Bow. like she started talking and it was like oh boy, oh boy. no <laughs> uh, but there's also like a very deliberate I'm gonna make you feel weird Roger Ebert like talked about it in like his in his list of the great movies and he said mm-hmm. that Nosferatu didn't scare him but it it yeah. haunts him I absolutely absolutely agree with that it's like there are certain shots and certain visuals in this movie that like they stay with you after you're done watching it oh yeah honestly like when you're going into you're going into a horror movie I think that is that gives me the most satisfying experience like it's not enough to be scared I like when something gets under my skin and this movie definitely does that in the best way possible let me be very clear too yeah and and this and this movie is one of those movies where yes it's gotten remade as like a, like klaus kinski remade mm-hmm. it yeah yep. a few other things and i know that robert eggers was set to write and direct a remake robert eggers made the witch mm-hmm. and yep. uh the lighthouse and i think that of anybody i think he would be a good person to nail this like what is happening kind of vibe but he himself has said it feels he said it feels blasphemous that this is that this is going to be something I'm doing I and they ended like, up putting the movie on hold because yeah. he was like I can't make this can't be my second film it was going to be a second film ooh, after the ooh. witch which no, is no, no. crazy and then he went so then he, they put it on hold he made the lighthouse now he's going to make another one but yeah. he did express like yeah I'll do it but it's wild that I'm doing it like you it's know, weird I don't I don't consider myself particularly precious when it comes to remakes and reboots like I, I like I have opinions on ones that don't sound good to me obviously but for the most part I'm I'm more like live and let live and if I'm not interested I'm just gonna ignore it but this movie is so much I feel like a product of its time and it is so effective because of the time when it was made I struggle to picture how you could recapture that same feeling. Yeah. So it's not that I don't think you could make a good version of it now, but it's not going to, it's not going to have the same impact. It's not going to hit the same way. No. And I mean, no, to that end, maybe, maybe it shouldn't. Like if you're remaking a movie, like you're, you should be yeah. aiming for something different instead of just doing like a shot for shot remake. Um, but I do also I love 
that it's like you said, it's not just like the, the movie itself, but it's the fact that we shouldn't have it. Like that's, I mean, court, that's part of it. And that's part of the mystique. Ordered every copy of Nosferatu to be destroyed. Yeah. Because very rightfully so, Bram Stoker's widow was like, oh, uh, like, hey. hello. No one going to see? Is, does no one see that this is just an exact ripoff of my husband's? Yeah, yeah. And like nowadays, oh. nowadays Dracula is in the public domain. So like people can do whatever the fuck they yeah, want. Yeah, nowadays, literally. But, but in 1922, very much not the case. And it was the, this was the first adaptation of, this was the first true adaptation yeah. of yeah. Dracula. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't get permission so prana film mm-hmm. the studio that made it yeah were like hey uh henrik galene write a screenplay based on dracula mm-hmm. and they were like we don't have the rights but no we're just so notice no one no one knows just change the words around <laughs> he had written a bunch of things and so it was like german and it's obviously like this is very you know, this is very much in line with like the German expressionist genre. So like the cabinet mm-hmm. of Dr. Caligari and mm-hmm. M and, and they had only one original negative of it. And so one, and, and then as a result of like them destroying all these prints, there was already a print that was distributed everywhere. So they couldn't find all the copies of that print. Yeah. And that's why <clears throat> we have it. <laughs> so Florence Balcombe, like the wife of Bram Stoker, sued mm-hmm. Prana Film. This was the only film that Prana Film ever made because it immediately closed because they because were going to run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I'm sorry to laugh. That's that's so sad. But imagine, so, imagine like that. Imagine that's your legacy. This is this is the only film you ever produce, right? Like, <laughs> the, and so they shelved it. Oh, so they were already sent, like the copies were already sent to the United States and they shelved it mm-hmm. and waited and then they premiered it in America and then just like held on to it. I, and I, I, okay. I really did enjoy watching this without any sound and because when I started trying, yeah. when I tried to watch it with the score, I was like, I don't like this. Like it was just, it was, it was contemporary and not contemporary, um, but it was clearly somebody much later slapping yeah yeah it's someone at least the version i listened to it's someone trying to be spooky with a pipe organ yeah i think i think the original score because there was music written specifically to be played over this and i think the score is something that hasn't survived yeah the the original music that was intended to be played with the film is no longer available to us so yeah which when stink, when you see it, when you see it scored that. now, it's people like trying to not necessarily recreate it, but trying to kind of recreate that same feel. And it's, I did, yeah. you know, I did watch it with music and yeah, it doesn't quite hit the same way. Yeah. And I ended up just, yeah, I ended up just muting it. And yeah. that was really cool because I, I didn't have any, mm-hmm. I mean, I love musical scores that like we talked about. Yeah, absolutely. I love listening to soundtracks and stuff but this one just felt much more like I was watching something I shouldn't be watching yeah it does have like a transgressive kind of quality to it. it had that it had like a Blair Witch Project vibe mm. to it mm. where like even though it's all a movie it's yeah. it feels like you shouldn't be watching it 
it has it has a yeah it has a voyeuristic quality to it it really does some of those yeah. shots too are and, and also obviously it survived really well because mm -hmm. fw Murnau was a very like technically advanced filmmaker yes he he goes out into the real mountains he's mm -hmm. shooting day for night although you can totally tell that it's yeah some of those scenes, like, all the scenes that were tinted blue in the movie are the ones that are supposed to take place in darkness yeah um but because the there are like, clearly they were clearly shot especially the exterior shots were clearly shot during the day yeah. also we should we should mention that the full original name for this movie is um, mm -hmm. nosferatu a symphony of horror or yes. as it's called in germany nosferatu ein symphony des grounds nailed it gotten one nailed it Nailed it. I just wanted to yell. I just wanted to yell in German. It just yeah. sounds scarier. Everything. Yeah. Everything in German sounds scary. I'm German. I can say that. It's fine. Should we get into the summary? Yes. And uh, I love your first, uh, your first sentence of the summary. It's, it's Dracula. It's, everything yeah. that we talked about last week, aside from like the weird horniness, there's no, there's nothing horny about this movie. In it, the, it is, like, it is anti-horny. It is anti-horny, but yeah. all of that's, Stuff aside, this is the, it's the exact same story. It's, yeah, this plot is more Dracula than Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like, and I said, this plot is Dracula with a dash of like, oops, copyright violation. Yeah, but we changed the name, so it's fine. It's a totally different movie now. And then I love your comment under that. And they still got sued by Bram Stoker's widow, sad trombone. Womp womp. <laughs> Bram Stoker's wife. Yeah, I was like, no, it's totally different. And she this was guy like, is it though? This guy's name is Hutter, and it's like oh, oh, well, in Harker. that case, it's all bad. No, but Harker Hutter, Hutter. I know, I know, I know. It sounds the same. Yeah, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> we're we're on the same page here. Okay, just okay, say, just making sure. Yeah, good. No, we're 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 good. We're good. All right, so we open in the quaint town of Wisborg, Germany, uh, where local real estate guy Thomas Hutter, not Harker, is sent to visit a client named Count Orlock by his creepy-ass boss, Herr Nock. And now, friends, this guy, this boss, he is sketchy as fuck. Like, no paycheck on this earth would be enough to get me to spend 10 minutes in the same building as this guy, let alone actually work for him. Like- I love that cut to him because he <laughs> literally, I, 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 I texted you that he looks like Leprechaun. It, it's just like, yeah. it, he's, he's just sitting in this little chair, just like, yeah, yeah. and I thought that they were combining him with, and they, they you find out in a, you, you, he, they end up kind of combining him with Renfield. He's basically, he's basically Renfield. He's basically Renfield, he's basically but Renfield. he's also Hunter's boss. And it's like, and yeah, the, in the original, it was one of uh, the guys who works with mm -hmm. Harker and goes insane. And so they, they can't have him do it. So they call on Harker. But I just love that in this version, the Renfield character is his boss. Is his boss. And it is implied that like he's had dealings with Count Orlock already. In fact, you see him reading the letter, uh, which yep. is full of uh, like old alchemical symbols and occult yeah symbols. so like when you look at it it, it does look like it, it like it's it's a very strange letter but like the director actually put real occult and al alchemy symbols into 
the letter, which I think kind of adds to some of the the mystique aspect as well. Yeah, but yeah, he, but, yeah he does kind of fill he does kind of fill the Renfield uh, role in that his dealings with the Count have driven him mad, and now he's sending Thomas Hutter basically in his place to continue his work for his master. And and it's very. I don't know if this is like out of school, but like there was like an, there's like kind of an anti-Semitic kind of tone. No, there's definitely, there is definitely, definitely anti-Semitic undertones or overtones depending on, depending on. Undertones, overtones, kind of sometimes getting smashed in the head with it. Like it is tones. Yeah, yeah, no. And that's definitely, that's, it's definitely something that's present in the movie they claim that they were taking it from the novel itself but the novel isn't really anti-semitic although the vampire myth in general if we're gonna get like really we're gonna get really into it yeah if we're gonna parse this real thin which we could because when you look at the way orlock is designed Mm -hmm. it does ping anti-semitic tropes with the absolutely and everything yeah but there are these like old kind of racist tropes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Jewish people kill people mm-hmm. and use their blood in like ritual. So a lot of times the myth of the vampire is argued to be uh, springing out of anti-Semitism, which yeah. is completely valid. But this was even more so about like the, the money. And, it was just- yeah. and I think it's, I think it's disingenuous to claim that they were only acting off like what they pulled from from the book yeah which is not to say that those undertones aren't present but i think you have to interpret it a certain way yeah which also, they is- which they very clearly did that's the thing it's like they took it almost feels like they took the worst faith reading of the text yes and applied yes. it yes and this is like pre world war 2 Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so yeah. it's not a stretch oh no to assume that that is something that is you know no because and again like you have to you have to take in into account like the context of like when it was made and where it was made and what was yes. going on in the world and in that area specifically at the time so uh, yeah when people claim you know there are anti-semitic themes in this movie I think that's absolutely true and I don't even think I don't think you can even say it's a matter of interpretation I think it's just just there it is it is and when we talk about you know this movie being you know a classic of the genre like it's important to know too that we're not excusing that aspect of it no saying oh but it's but it's art so it's okay like no and maybe that's part of what plays into why it is so unsettling to watch like in modern times now because I think it is- too, there is this um I was reading something the other day about like tro- like when you when you see something that's offensive or like mm-hmm. old like racist or anti-semitic or sexist yep. or homophobic or something like that they talk about how you can still look at it from not from the entertainment perspective from but from like it becomes academic where you study yeah. it mm-hmm. and so I think that that kind of helped me like just like the the technical skill of it but all of that being said even if you threw out the the anti-semitic tropes in mm-hmm. hair knock 
He's still a horrifying looking he's still, he's still a horrible, scary piece of shit. <laughs> Which is so funny because this movie is so weird and unsettling and Orlock doesn't show up for like 20 minutes. And I'm still like, yeah, it Ugh. feels like you're watching robots, but they're people. It's they're people. so weird. It's very weird. Yeah. All right. So we think Airnock is a fucking weirdo, but like Thomas has no such reservations. Thomas is fine. He's like, oh my God. Yeah, I'll go to the castle. Yeah, totally. Um, Thomas is jazzed about this. Thomas is so excited. Yeah. And not only that, but like, like Nock tells him, oh, go to the, go to the castle and tell him to buy the vacant house that's right across from yours. And Thomas is like, what a great plan. Oh, oh, joy. Oh, joy. I mean, like, how could you possibly know you're going into a vampire's lair? Whatever. But still, like, like, at no point does he think, hey, maybe something's weird. No. He heads home to pack his bags and say goodbye to his wife, Ellen. Uh, Also, bringing her a bouquet of flowers that she immediately starts crying over because she's distraught that the flowers are dead. Why would you kill them? I was like... (laughs) He brought you flowers. Yeah, so far everyone is doing great. Also, again, <laughs> like you said, that everyone in this movie is just is just entirely unsettling. Ellen looks like a bride of Dracula, and she's supposed to be like the normal woman in this. She is, she is very. She and Thomas are both, I think, very uncomfortable to look at. Oh, Thomas is horrifying to look at. Yes, and he's supposed to be he's supposed to be the hero. And I'm like, what if you just went away and didn't come back? What if you just never showed your face on like ever? Screen, like ever, ever again. Yeah. And they also, like you said, they made them up. So, you know, it's like we have to emphasize your eyes. We have, we have to make mm. sure that you are like showing up on screen. But yeah. the way they did that was by like making her look so gaunt mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. thick. Yeah. And then and then telling her to look sad. So it's like, not only do you look sick, now you have to be upset yeah. the entire movie. It's very, it's, it's, honestly, it's very hard to look at. I'm sorry, it's it is. Really, it's really <laughs> upsetting. It's yeah. really upsetting. So Hunter takes off for places unknown, stopping at an inn for the night in the course of his journey. Um, and apparently just the name Count Orloff is enough to send the local townsfolk into an absolute tizzy, but then they get distracted by the local werewolf. This, this is a part that made me laugh. They get distracted by the I, local werewolf who's apparently like out on the prowl. And all these people are strangely fine with it. Uh, like like, like they're, they're scared, you know, they're going like, oh, don't go outside, the werewolf is here. But they're also sort of like, oh yeah, that's the werewolf. But like, is it, so, okay. So is it, is, is Count Orlock the werewolf? Because remember in Dracula and Bram Stoker's Dracula, he could be is the werewolf. I mean, that would make more sense narratively than just having like werewolf night. (laughs) (laughs) But and maybe maybe I maybe I'm misinterpreting and maybe that's on me, but like I didn't necessarily get the sense or it wasn't made explicitly clear that Orlock was the werewolf. I think it's one of those things where like, maybe he is, but I don't, for my money, I don't feel like- I kind of thought he was. 
because you are probably right to be fair and again that makes more narrative sense than just like random werewolf on the moors but so. i do love the idea that there is also a random werewolf like I <laughs> which is just footage of a hyena like they talk about like the, the a, oh my god that's okay okay it's like a okay. little tiny hyena that like it's just like okay through a bush and everyone is like, oh, the werewolf. And it's just this little guy. Okay. So <laughs> when I was watching this, when they said, it's a, there, there's a werewolf, uh-huh. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is going to be cool. And then they <laughs> cut to the hyena. And I was like, oh, maybe the hyena is going to get eaten by the werewolf. And then it cuts back to Thomas, like, getting into bed. And I was like, oh, that was the, that was, that was the werewolf? <laughs> not even, a, not even a werewolf. And I mean, that's not even a werewolf. At least get a big dog. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like hyenas are not necessarily like small animals. No, but, like, you but, but like when you get your werewolf and you picture something like terrifying, your mind definitely goes to like something big. You want the size, you want the scale, and that was this is just a this is just a hyena, and it wasn't even doing I, anything. It was just like nosing around in the dirt. It was, was not like, even, yeah, it just kind of like, oh my God, the werewolf. And then it cuts to him just being like, just like, yeah, like I was watching, I'm watching it going, oh, leave, him, leave him alone. He's just hanging out. Yeah. You guys are the problem. Oh, it made me, you know, it made me think it's the Guillermo going like, he approaches and then like the, the coughing lid gets stuck. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> he it's rises. just like, he rises. With like the butter knife that he used to like Jimmy the. Jimmy the little. Yeah, Ma, yeah, I'm stuck again. Like, that's what it made me sound. That's what it made me think it's, of. You know, like, like, a... But I just remember, I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was, I was legitimately stunned that- <laughs> That was just, the werewolf. That they were just like, you know what? No one's going to notice if we just sub a hyena for this werewolf. No one's going to notice. I mean, I don't know. Maybe in 1922, people hadn't seen a lot of hyenas. I don't know what it was like back then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, of course. In 1922. Yeah, so I guess it's fine. But like, like as a person in the year of our Lord, in 2021, I was like, that's a that's 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 nothing. It's a full on. That's just a hyena. That's just a hyena. What is happening? And, and at first, I was like, oh, maybe it's a coyote that they're just swapping out. And I was like, no, that's a hyena. Get a German Shepherd or something. Like, what are we doing? Get a German anyway. Shepherd and just shoot it from far away. Come on, FW Murano. Like, where are you? Let me call yeah. you. Call you. Yeah. I also love the scene in the restaurant where he's like, he's like, you know, I need to, he's like announcing to the whole entire restaurant, like, yes. I am going to count Orlocks. I'm going to count Orlocks tomorrow. And everyone kind of goes, <laughs> that oh, guy yeah. with the fake mustache. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, oh. and it was just, oh, it was so funny. I was like, read the room, Thomas. Dang. Yeah, at that point, at that point, like, that might be a good time to start asking some questions. At that point, I kind of was like, okay, if Thomas died, if Thomas gets brutally murdered by Count Orlock, I'm not going to be too mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because like the warning signs are all right there, bud. All right they there. there. They were there before you left. At, yep. at, some point, at some point, you're like, all right, well, it's kind of on you now. Sorry. Oh, also, before Thomas leaves, he's like, I'm leaving Ellen in the care of these two people who like have no lines and are just kind of like there. 
because they clearly didn't want to have Lucy Westenra and Quincy and all them in the movie. So they just kind of made them They're like, like here, stay with some friends of mine. Friends. They're my friends and not yours. Like they go out of their way to specify that, which is very funny. Some, and, I, and I was very surprised by the amount of kissing that's in this movie because this it's 1922. Yeah. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, interesting. It wasn't, Although it wasn't good kissing, but it was definitely there. No, no, it, it was silent movie kissing. And it was like, yeah. okay, I, I'll buy it. it like the, the, the kissing was, I was like surprised by it because I was like, oh, okay. But because, because knowing what we're going to get to with, with Tom Warlock being like a gross monster, like it was just interesting that they kind of, I don't know, maybe it's 1922. Uh, this is pre-Hays Code in the United States. So there's yeah. like all weird stuff going on in the United States, silent movies and stuff. So it was really interesting to yeah. see this. So Hunter continues on to the castle where he's met by like a coach on the way down that seems to know when he's due to arrive and he's literally like just walking up this like dirt road that kind of like goes up the mountain and this like horse-drawn carriage kind of appears out of nowhere and they're like go into the castle hop on in and he does because like we've we've established Thomas Hutter doesn't really have a lot of self-preservation instincts he is the equivalent of that gift that's just like Hate is gonna hate, just like dun, 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 dun. like just done, like just no <laughs> form of kind of self, not like, at all, regard, self preservation, and it was made not at all, not at all. Um, yeah, so he so he hops into the creepy carriage as you do, and rides it up the mountain to the castle where Count Orlock himself is there to greet him. Now everything about this dude screams vampire, capital letters, vampire. He's got prominent fangs he's got the long creepy fingers with the talons for the fingernails like there is absolutely nothing inviting about this figure whatsoever but thomas of course is immediately like ah my host excellent it's so i forgot that they had him just kind of like walk out and i love that they like i don't know i yeah. think this was intentional but like there's that big kind of dark um tunnel and then he kind of just appears out of it and it's and really cool it's so cool yeah like every appearance of count orlock in this movie is actually very scary you i i almost wanted him it almost made me think that he was going to be like riffraff and just go hello like yeah, i know it, it right was very, <laughs> it was very good i would always i always have been wondering like what count orlock would sound like but yeah, like like yeah very old men in the in the in some ways in the Bram Stoker one has that kind of like that that Romanian like welcome Mr. Harper uh, yeah but he's like, definitely like, not doing here. he's definitely not doing like his best Bill Lugosi impression you know what I mean like he's definitely kind of yeah doing his own thing and in a way that felt more organic whereas like the Lugosi vampire a- accent now you like it, sounds, it does it sounds very it sounds very cartoony now but i think sounds it's like also because it's been parodied so many times you know sounds like the count from sesame street well now it does yeah because that's our that was our first point of reference when it comes to yeah. videos, was the count uh, legitimately that or yeah. count that or count Ocula. yeah but we didn't hear him talk we just ate his cereal he was in the commercials was he yeah uh, yeah oh uh, yeah you're probably right yeah so things take a turn at dinner when thomas accidentally cuts his thumb and the count grabs his hand and tries to suck the blood out. The precious blood! The precious blood. Uh, finally, finally, this sets off some warning bells for Thomas, who 
pulls his hand back and kind of like, I don't know, like staggers away to safety. Like he basically collapses in a chair next to the fireplace. There's and a lot of collapsing in this movie. I mean, there's a lot, lot of collapsing in silent movies in general. Yeah, but it's like true. some of the things that I like that are really interesting about this movie, hmm. you have to you have to see it. And it's available on yeah. YouTube. You can just go find it. Like there's nine different versions of it and they're all available on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. You just need to like see it. Like it, it it, there's very... so many things that the actors do and, and especially Max Shrek. Like yeah. we can't describe it. You have to just see it. It's so true. And when we say collapsing too, like it's definitely like a swoon. swoon. Like it's not just, it's not just like somebody like, passing out or like losing consciousness or something like there's a lot of swooning and very dramatic sort of like falling backwards this is a chair. very yeah. kind of feminine thing uh, like yeah like, like what we can like what would be considered like traditionally or stereotypically feminine yeah I, that it's it is a lot of that actually which is kind of interesting Thomas does a lot of that in this movie a lot of all the all the men all the men are like oh yeah yeah it's true we say all the men this movie is about 95 percent men there's one woman like, in this one, movie and yeah. If you're if you're asking whether or not she lives at the end, ooh, mm. spoiler alert. Odds aren't great. Yeah, ah, mm. not great. All right, so he swoons into his chair because that's about as far as he can like take himself to safety, I guess. And he does wake up the next morning to find puncture wounds on his neck, which is probably not a great sign of things to come. And then he writes to Ellen mm. saying, like, the mosquitoes here are are really are bad like two of, them, two of them bit me on the neck very close together and i'm like the room yeah, no it. it's not good we're in a gothic vampire novel like what do you yeah doing? i hate to oh. i hate to be the one to break it to you but uh mm. keanu right. reeves and jonathan had mm. more self-awareness than than this guy i mean yeah at least he kind of realized something something was up Relative. yeah harker harker realized something was up from jump like yeah. like even by i mean the, the bad acting aside keanu reeves again we, we said it multiple times in that in that episode we're saying it again trying his hardest but if you mute him he does have really good like instincts in terms of like his reactions to things like, like his, his face, have, yeah his face and his body language i think go they're always very good they're always very yeah. good yeah yeah, and there's always a look on his face the whole time of like, where the fuck am what? I? <laughs> yeah, like, what is happening? Whereas this guy's like, everything is great until suddenly it's not, oh God. And it, it's, <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. It is. All right, so that night while signing the paperwork to buy the vacant house directly across from Thomas's home, again, Count Orlock spots a picture of Ellen and immediately falls in lust, commenting on her quote unquote, lovely neck. Your wife has a lovely neck. Ugh. I was like, <laughs> once again, once again, should be a red flag. Yeah, even but, Gary Oldman's Dracula, who is like the whole movie just trying to like get at Winona Ryder. Yeah. He didn't even say something like that. He was more like, I did love once. And she died and it was very awful. Like he was more like tragic. Whereas this is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It should be. Yeah. It should be very obvious that something is wrong. But once again, Thomas is like, oh, weird. Anyway. Thomas is just like, <laughs> that's a weird comment to make about my wife. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But then he just like blows right past it. 
So that never happened. (laughs) All right. So that night while reading a book about vampires, like he just happens to have a book about vampires that he found, uh, Thomas has the sudden realization that Orlock might be a vampire. I mean, hey, we're just happy he got there at all. I'm like, oh, you gay. (laughs) Snaps for you. Good job, buddy. You did it. As midnight approaches, he huddles in his room with no way of barricading the door. And sure enough, Orlock appears while Thomas hides under the bed until he passes out. This is such a, a cool, like creepy, when he just lurches, like not even lurches. He doesn't like, like he doesn't like go after people. It's no. this slow, like, like, like a rodent almost mm-hmm. like a little but it was not even like stalking because that gives me the that that like pings in my head of like Bella goes to your Christopher Lee that he's really tall like mm. like oh like I am like this is like a rat like it's mm. it's just like a sort of like a spider like it's very much it's very methodical yeah and his teeth and and, and the way that they shot him his eyes look like rodent eyes mm-hmm. and my favorite part of this whole thing is that he gets under the covers and like, is like, <laughs> can you see me? Can you see me? You can't see me. It, well, it, I mean, it, I mean, it's, it, it is the rule of scary things that when you're under the blankets, bad things can't get you. That's the rule. I mean, I thought that for many years. And then I watched the, the American remake of the grudge when, mm. Um, what's her face gets under the covers. And then when she pulls the covers up, like the, 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 the woman's underneath the covers. And I was like, why would you do that to me? Now you've ruined me by one <laughs> safe so, space. This is so rude. All right. So Ellen, meanwhile, while all this is happening, wakes up from a nightmare back home in Germany and in a trance walks out to the balcony, which catches the attention of the people that she's staying with. So they, they call the doctor but while he's trying to check her over, she gets a sudden vision of Orlock attacking her husband. And Orlock seems to be like aware that she can see him. So he backs off. I, yeah. I it's like, it's this really cool shot of like, it's very so he's, cool like shot. Hiding under, he's like hiding under the sheets mm-hmm. and you just see like the, the shadows, like with yeah. the hands. Such, Such good use, use of light and shadows. shadows. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Ellen like wakes up, walks to the balcony. And also if you, I, I, if you watch it again, look at her feet because they're <laughs> filthy. I didn't I, 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 was, not notice, I'm sorry. I, I did. And I don't know if it was mm. lighting or like her feet being filthy, but it just looks like black on the, on the bottom. Yeah, it was gross. And so she walks out to the balcony and she's like, I know what's happening. And, but then it like cuts to her waking up and the doctor is like, oh, like it, it, feels very dreamlike and you don't really know mm-hmm. what's real and what's not. And then she, she like shoots up and is like, stop or whatever she was saying, or like Hutter and Orlock stops. And he does this thing that if you know, like his eyes turn and then his mm-hmm. head turns, it's like which is little, very cool. Yeah. It's very, very, it's very cool. cool. And then he, and then he kind of does this very slow, like Never mind, and just like <laughs> creeps back out the door. But, and but the one thing they don't do, the one thing they don't do is they don't establish how she's able to see this in the first place. No, and they in, don't in establish. The well, no, no, the, no. Listen, in the original, but like, let's pretend that this is its own separate. Right, entity. right, 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 right. Like, right. They never really establish why she was able to see that, and they also don't really explain 
why that was enough to deter him from attacking. But that's what I mean. In the like original things and in like in like subsequent films, like the one we just talked about last week, yeah. he bit her and she feeds on him. And that explains it. Like they, they give an explanation in a lot of these different discussions. And in this, it's just like, Oh, she can see him now. Like, it, it makes no sense. It no, doesn't make no. any sense. There's no logical explanation for it. Because Whereas in the other the fact, versions of it, there's an explanation. For well, it. yeah, because despite the fact that this quote unquote, isn't Dracula, it's still depending on you knowing the story and knowing the lore. In order yeah. for that to this make isn't Dracula, sense. except you know you but, have. But to it's be only going to make sense if you've like, read Dracula. You have to be, yeah. This isn't Dracula, but you have to be intimately familiar with all of the things in Bram Stoker's Dracula in order to understand this thing that is not Bram Stoker's yeah. Dracula. But, but that yeah, it's totally. Dracula. But it's but it's totally not. But it's totally not Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's totally different. And how dare you? Please don't. Please don't gouge money out of our very small studio because this is <laughs> yeah. our first project. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> All right. So the next day, Thomas manages to come across the coffin where Orlok sleeps because he is a vampire, but he doesn't really manage to do much except knock the lid off and then run back up the stairs. I, so I always thought that this was the moment when Count Orlok rises and it's not, it ha that happens later. Yeah. So I always thought that something was going to happen in this moment when he knocks the lid off. But like all that happens is he knocks the lid off and Count Orlock just kind of goes, uh, like, yeah. and he sees, yeah, and he sees the fangs and like freaks like, out uh, away. And I remember watching this. It's just like somebody and that's, yeah. tore the lid off. Like, and I remember, like, and I remember watching that, thinking like, you're not even gonna put the lid back on. Like he's gonna wake up and like know that you were there. Like that seems silly. That seems like it would have been cooler. I think it would have been really interesting if like Orlock had killed Hutter at that moment. Well, yes, but you see, Harker didn't die at this point in Dracula. So we can't do that because it's Dracula. But this isn't Dracula. Except it is, but it's not. This isn't Dracula, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, exactly. They could have done it. Maybe exactly. that would have caused, maybe that would have caused Bram Stoker's widow to not sue. <laughs> and completely <laughs> thank like, Oh yeah, it turns out. Turns out it is totally different. My bad. Totally so, different. So, I mean, either way, it doesn't really matter because Orlock is too busy planning a road trip to his new house in Germany if the cart stacked with coffins full of dirt is anything to go by. So the coffins are loaded onto a ship where a mysterious illness starts to overtake the crew until nobody but the captain is left. So, so two things. Yeah. Uh -huh. First, when they you see all the coffins filled with with the earth, because yeah. I do like they kept that whole idea of you need <clears> the dirt from your from your resting place, your ancestral soil, ancestral soil to we'll get there. Well, uh, for your ancestral soil to you know sleep, you know, or yeah. like you know, yeah. otherwise you won't be able to rest. Yeah, but 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 there were two things I couldn't stop thinking of. Yeah, uh -huh. was one. Every, whenever they were loading up the boxes, I just kept thinking of Keanu Reeves going, why do they have all these boxes of earth? And it just made <laughs> me laugh. Yeah. And this most recent week on what we do in the shadows, they all went to the casino <laughs> and <laughs> in Atlantic City. 
And nope. they all had to bring their, they all had to bring dirt from their coffins because so it's from their homeland so they could sleep. And if they don't have their dirt, they can't sleep. Yeah. And so the, and then at the hotel, the cleaning lady vacuums dirt. And they're like, our ancestral soil, we cannot slumber. And they, <laughs> but, everyone just thinks, but everyone just thinks they're drunk. So it yeah. just, it was just perfect timing to watch this because it I just was very, yeah, it was like, very funny. It did make me laugh. Nadja being like, oh, dirt is gone. And so we could not sleep. And it was just, oh, it made me laugh. It made me laugh so much. <laughs> Honestly, that show is becoming like my only frame of reference for vampires now. Well, a lot of it is very much in tune with like, like specific. No, it absolutely, like the the lore is all, is all there, but it's like vampires, but make them stupid. Vampires would make them so like furiously confident in their own abilities that they're really stupid. That they're really stupid. And that's, that's, you know what? That's why we love them though. I love it. I love love it. it. Yeah, that it made me, it made me yeah so yeah so eventually the captain dies as well and orlock takes over the ship and sails it into port himself upon arrival he picks up his coffin and carries it to his no house Uh, no literally there is an extended scene of him with his coffin tucked up under one arm wandering through the empty streets of town i mean it's kind of cute that made me laugh (laughs) so i didn't realize at first because like it's it's supposed to be his coffin but like it really just looks like he's carrying like a plank of wood (laughs) under his arm so it took me a second to realize like oh that's supposed to be the coffin it just made me it it just just this shot of this creepy Mm. horrific looking dude just carrying a coffin just like (laughs) like and he's, I it, he's like stopping you know, like looking over his shoulder like anyone here anyone watching no okay I'm gonna and the going. way that he does it is, and the way that he does it is very like silent movie where he's like walking and then he goes Hoo. yeah and then he like <laughs> walking and he goes <laughs> it's so good it's so good yeah it's it's great it's great um oh like in the middle of all this like Thomas manages to find his way back home it doesn't matter it's fine but by this point, I'm just like, I really couldn't care about Thomas. I could not, oh, I could also, not give less of a fuck about Thomas, to be totally honest. Also, we may, so, so when he's taking over the ship, uh-huh. um, there's the shot of Count Orlock coming up. And it is nice. like this amazing, oh, I don't know yeah. how they shot it. I mean, I immediately go to like this vision of like them with a rope, just like pulling him up. Because like, I don't know how they got that shot. And it's really cool that they were able to get that shot i mean now it would be very easy to get that shot so i i'm i really want to know how they got that shot yeah because it is it's very it's it's very unsettling and very yeah it looks looks amazing it just looks so cool looks so good yeah i don't know how they did it either orlock's arrival signals the beginning of a mysterious plague that overtakes the town causing multiple deaths and plenty of panic and like everyone kind of goes into quarantine as well which watching now you're like oh god okay I was very very upset about this I was like I was like we are just now like starting to like clear out the other side of this of this show and yeah (laughs) and we're just starting to like tiptoe out and so mm-hmm. the second you, you mentioned in the summary quarantine I was like ah throw my computer into, into yeah exactly <laughs> you no know, no I have like 
anytime it comes up now in film or book or whatever, and it comes up a lot more than I would think. Like I do have a visceral knee jerk, like uh, reaction to it. I was doing a, uh, I was doing a Peloton workout the other day. And one of uh-huh. my favorite instructors was saying, uh, they, he was playing body by, um, Megan the stallion. And she has a line in there about getting people through the quarantine or whatever, like mm. getting, bo- getting, getting these boys, like these men through the quarantine. Yeah. And Cody kind of stopped and was like, anytime that we, uh, you know, any mention of quarantine or like anything like that in a song, it's not going to be cute in about two years. So no, like it's not cute now. It won't be cute. So no. I don't like it. It was no. very funny. Could we not? Could we not? Like, and then all the references to like the plague, the plague. I mean, this is coming off the heels of the, the Spanish flu too. Like this was made not long after that. So it's so very interesting. Like, Hey, what if all that stuff was caused by a vampire? <laughs> Look, we laugh, we laugh, but like, I guarantee you next year, that's going to be, that's, that's going to come out. COVID was caused by vampires. COVID, COVID is vampires. That's got to be a QAnon talking point. I don't, like, oh God, you know what? If it's not, we've put it out into the universe. So we're sorry, everyone. We apologize. We're sorry. Sorry. We're not manifesting. We're, we're not. We're, we're, no, we're not saying we want this. We're saying don't. No, do not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Nope. No, 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 no. All right. So in the midst of all of this, the town turns against Ernok, who had been arrested and locked up for reasons, but manages to kill a guard and escape, prompting an extended townwide chasing. This, so yeah, he's gone full like Brentfield, like bonkers. Yeah, yeah, like, and there are shots, there, there are shots or like short scenes of him like interspersed throughout the rest of the movie where like they go to visit him in jail and he's like eating spiders and being crazy. Um, so it's there. Uh, but again, it's, it's another one of those things that like he, he, they just sort of take it for granted that like you're familiar with the Dracula story so you don't really need a whole lot of reason why he's crazy yeah he just is. there's like, a lot of like hand wavy things a lot of hand wavy things which it makes which it makes sense in the context of the source material but if you're trying to tell us that the source material isn't what we think it is then it doesn't make any sense <laughs> yep exactly yeah. so anyway that's that's the end of knock all right while quarantined, Ellen finds Thomas's vampire book and reads that a pure-hearted woman can give, can defeat a vampire by distracting him with her beauty. Upon reading this, she immediately says, hey, that's me, and hatches a plan to take out Orloff once and for all. I um. love <laughs> this reasoning. Like, hot chicks can I kill vampires, it. and she's like, oh, good. I'm hot. And pure of heart. I figured it be- out. You have to be pure of heart. You have to be pure of heart and a smoke show. Both of those things at the same time. And okay, listen, like me, I am neither. So I guess I'm not going to be killing vampires. I would say, no, you're a smoke show. I can't say you're, I can't say you're pure of heart. (laughs) No, I don't think either of us can claim that at this point. I was about to be like, oh, you're pure. (laughs) (laughs) And then you thought about it and you said, that is a lie. Yeah, I was like, I'm, not, I'm able to tell the truth about one of those things. And mm. your heart is not the one. Not it. Nope. No, I, I, and it, it's just, I just love, I love the cojones on this woman. <laughs> I know, to be like, yeah, that's me. Like, pure of heart, a hot piece, 
It's yeah. me. Yeah. Check and check. It's I feel like then she would see Count Block and go, never mind. <laughs> I'm not pure of heart. I'm gross. Leave me I alone. Know. I'm, yeah, not, I'm ugly. I'm ugly and trash. I'm trash. So unfortunately, her plan for attacking and killing Orlock consists of opening the window to let him in, fainting, and then getting attacked by Orlock when Thomas runs out to fetch the doctor. So like she opens the window, she faints, and Thomas is like, I'll be back, my love. And he leaves. And then Orlock comes in and starts to drink her blood as vampires are wont to do. This whole sequence I yeah. think is really cool. So yeah, he, he attacks, he drinks her blood, but he must be distracted by her beauty because he doesn't notice that the sun is coming up un until it like turns him to dust. Ellen lives just long enough for a grief-stricken Thomas to run back into the room and take her in his arms where she dies. And then we end on a lingering shot of Count Orlok's not Dracula castle. The shadow of the death bird. The, the interstitial titles in this are so overwrought. It's amazing. They are extremely overwrought. The shadow of the diamond so and the death bird. The, the precious blood oh my god it was fun. and it's like okay we get it we understand this, thank you and also this is the first time that mm -hmm. because in dracula lore and in older vampire lore yeah it was not really a universal thing that a vampire or burned to death in sunlight it was something that mm -hmm. uh either it depended on the situation so in Bram Stoker's conception of Dracula mm -hmm. there's a uh an idea of he is just not as powerful in the daytime like it we, the sunlight weakens him so that's why yeah. in the movie Bram Stoker's Dracula he's out and about <laughs> yeah I was I was gonna say you definitely see him like yeah going out every day uh, yeah and, but he's wearing sunglasses to like, make sure mm -hmm. that he can like protect himself a little bit. He doesn't sparkle. And for style. He just, and, for, and he looks fly. Um, and he, uh, he does this, like it, it's, there's these really interesting things in vampire mm -hmm. lore that Dracula talks about specifically that a lot of it didn't really get carried over yeah. to any other vampire lore. Like one of the things that is mentioned in Dracula is that a wild rose placed on Dracula's coffin will will keep him in the coffin and he won't be able to get out. But it has to be a um, wild rose. Like it couldn't be something you put through the garden. It says, it, yeah, it, from what I read, it's a wild rose. There, and then there, another one was like, his, he can only transform at certain times of the day. But this <clears> was, so this was the first time in a film or kind of on like in kind of media that mm -hmm. like the sun hit and he just immediately turns to dust and this movie just ends very abruptly there's it really does think, yeah there's no there's no denouement at all it just like no and it's like okay well we're done here yeah that's it and it's very much this feeling of we didn't know how to end this so we're just gonna end it here so we just so we're just gonna stop like it feels like one of those um interstitial like grand guignol horror shows where it mm. ends with the woman dying like an interview with the vampire when uh armand like kills that woman and everyone thinks it's fake but it's 
really real, but that's yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it really was reminiscent of like a, a scene, like a horror scene mm-hmm. in like old plays. Yeah. So, yeah. but you know, we don't really do that kind of thing anymore in film. <laughs> so I remember watching it for the first time going, wow. That's <laughs> it. Really? It almost and, makes you feel like like the version you're watching is missing a reel or something. Yeah, like, I'm like, like where's the rest of this time? I know. I'm like, what? Like, I, it, you know, and, and it's funny. It's funny we say that too because it feels like it feels like a long movie for a silent movie. It's like an hour and twenty five minutes long. Hour and twenty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. For and I did movie. not expect that. No, I thought it. I thought it was maybe an hour at the most. Half of that though, I will say, half of that is just the amount of time they have those uh, those interstitial uh, text. That's true. Uh, the plaque. The other half, the other half those, is those, those are up for a very long time. The other half mm-hmm. is what? The other half is swooning. The other half is just. <laughs> it, it, it's such an interesting like question mark of a movie and mm. and and everything is just so odd and it it just it's a very it's very much an expression of that moment in time in like German film yeah where everybody was just being very over the top I mean it's an example Mm -hmm. of what we call German expressionist horror um or German expressionist film Mm -hmm. um that is very experimental Hitchcock benefited a lot from it oh god yeah Mm -hmm. and it's I know like Guillermo like, del Toro has said like this is his favorite movie and you can definitely see a lot of influence in like his visual effects yeah and Tim Burton actually says that he based he bases a lot of his designs on German expression expressionism mm-hmm. like the penguin in Batman mm-hmm. Returns yeah oh god yeah mm-hmm. because you look at these people and they all look like ghouls but it's like <laughs> that's the purpose of it like it, they yeah, yeah no look- that's exactly they look exactly like they're intended to look yes definitely and it's very different than like film like you know obviously it's very different than american films from this time where everybody was like glowy and um yeah yeah but like and still had that kind of pallor but in a way that made them look alive <laughs> weird right and and we talked we talked about how like even the quote-unquote normal characters are very unsettling to look at but even that is intentionally done like everybody everybody in this movie looks exactly the way I think they intended them to look yeah like it's supposed to be off-putting and it's supposed to be creepy and it's supposed to be weird and it is all of those things also I found out um there's like apparently one of the regular human people near the beginning like five minutes in there's somebody that walks by the camera and it's Max Shrek with a like as like a just a background actor yeah yeah the orlock that's stuff on which i thought was kind of cool and because it's one of those things where people think that he was an actual an actual vampire yeah and it's i just find it all just so interesting because you look you look at his actual pictures and he doesn't i mean he just looks very severe in it yeah but he doesn't look you know particularly like supernatural he just looks like a guy yeah and uh, there was also like this theory that he didn't exist and it was actually another actor like it was just this whole thing like there's so much like 
he's not real because like they just because he's so weird looking yeah and also because he's like really not much is known about him either and even like the people who worked on this movie they said like he was polite but he kind of kept to himself like nobody really interacted with him that much on set because like between takes he kind of just like went like went off on his own um Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of adds to some of the some of the mystique around it as well um and uh that going back to kind of people who've been inspired by this like I said that the the style of Tim Burton's Penguin was styled after German Expressionism. Batman mm-hmm. Returns, Christopher Walken's character is named Max Shrek. As like yeah. an in-joke. So like, it's very much of a piece with what's going on. Absolutely, in this, yeah. This it just made me want to go back and watch a lot more of these films because it's they're just like really, they're just weird looking. And, weird. And, and, <laughs> and like in a way that I want to keep looking at them. Like it, it made me want to go back. Yeah, and but, yeah they're visually, they're, they're visually unsettling but also visually interesting yeah like it's it's almost like it's almost like you look at it and your brain wants to like parse it out like you're you're like your brain is going how can we make this make sense because when you look at it visually it doesn't make sense (laughs) no and it is this feeling of like like watching it makes you tilt your head and go yeah "Hmm." it's that well it's that We've, we've said this a couple of times already, so now I'm sounding like a broken record, but I think it's that it's similar to the Uncanny Valley effect where your brain is trying to like, trying to work it out. Yeah, agreed. It feels like you're, yeah. yeah because you're watching, you're because you're looking at, it's, it's, it's almost the opposite of the Uncanny Valley effect because you're looking at people that don't look like people. Right, right. Whereas like, but yeah, Uncanny Valley is like, you're looking at robots or like, or like simulations of people. That and the, so and like, they're close, they're close to human, but they're just off enough to be wrong. Yeah. So it's like a but, reverse Uncanny Valley. Uh, yeah. It, it, like it triggers the same kind of like, I guess, emotional response. Yeah. In me, in me watching, watching this and looking at these people. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like you can't be a, like a horror like, or not, I, you can't be a horror person, but like, I feel like you have to watch this movie. Like it's, it's, it's required viewing. It really is. Yeah. It's especially if you're a vampire so, person. Especially if you're a vampire person. God, yeah, definitely. Like, like it's so. It's the first adaptation of Dracula. Like yeah, you have to watch have. this. And it's yeah. probably the most faithful in terms of like honestly in terms of just being weird and being kind of like what the heck is happening and with the epistolary kind of aspect and like the kind of diary mm-hmm. yeah feeling yeah. It, it is very true to that style mm-hmm. um and just the fact that we we shouldn't even have it is really it's just a cre- it's just an interesting part of film history yeah in a sense definitely. of like we should not have this we shouldn't have this movie yeah so i yeah. like fully recommend it absolutely yeah yeah, if you're a horror fan and you haven't seen it, like, go back and watch it. It's on YouTube. It's, it's on YouTube. Fun. Yeah, get in there. Go watch it. Yeah, um, especially this time of year. It's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when you want to watch it. Yes, one hundred percent. 
Right. So that wraps up our conversation on Nosferatu. Um, this was a really fun one. And, and I'm yeah. so excited. For this. I'm so excited for learning the next one. And like, it's so, I'm so excited for Halloween. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we are on palate cleansers for this week. And we I think it's my turn to go it first. Is. It um, is. Yeah. Uh, this week was like last week, I told you it was my birthday because mm-hmm. uh, it was my birthday mandate. Um, but it was also my brother got married last weekend. Yay. And it was just a really nice time. They've been engaged for like three years mm-hmm. and they were supposed to get married in 2020, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, they pushed it, the venue and everyone was really great. And like, they just said it like a year ahead and it just ended up being the weekend of my birthday and uh, had a really, really lovely time. And it was just a fun Mm-hmm. It was just great that A got to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody was just so excited. Like when the, when the groomsmen came down to the aisle to like mm-hmm. line up, everyone clapped and started cheering. And mm-hmm. when, and when my sister-in-law uh, came down the aisle, everyone started clapping. And I was like, what is happening? It's <laughs> like, why are people, and my sister, I've, like, never, see, like, I've oh. never seen that before, but you know what? I yeah. like it. I like it. And my, my sister like was like, why are people clapping? I was like, I don't know. Um, it was just very, it was very funny. And, uh, we were, uh, it was at, it was outside. It was, it was beautiful. The food was amazing. Uh, and it was just a really good, it was a really good weekend. Um, and then the next day was my birthday and I just wanted a chill day and we just hung out, went to a brewery, um, a brewery, uh, Tribus in Milford. Oh, I haven't been there. It's really small. It's, it was really, it was really fun. It was just very, very, very quiet. And we just sat in a little area on some couches and just hung out for a couple hours. That's the best way to, that's the best way to do it. It was a very chill day. And then, uh, we went, uh, shopping, grocery shopping, and then Mike made me dinner. It was was great. Um, yeah. So it was just a nice, and then, uh, yeah, it was just a nice start to like the fall Mm because, you know, it was the first fall. So yeah, my palate cleanser is getting just kind of have like a really nice weekend and yeah. um my sister my my sister getting a new sister-in-law so Yay. that's really cool. yeah it was that's really awesome. it was a really yeah so what is your palate cleanser for this week so my palate cleanser for this week um for the first time in over two years I got to go to a baseball game last Friday uh went to Boston went to Fenway saw uh Red Sox versus Yankees the game was atrocious we got steamrolled yeah, in, like the first two innings it was like or the first three innings like it was yeah. it was a fiasco it was terrible it was easily easily the worst game I've ever been to in person it was just awful but it rained all day and it didn't rain during the game which is good because we were like not undercover we were just like out in the open but we were out behind the the outfield we were by like the Sam Adams bar if like anyone's familiar with Fenway like we're kind of up in that corner um yeah we had a great view of the car crash that that the horror was the horror yeah but like I've never been to a Red Sox Yankees game and I've always wanted to go and it's definitely like a whole different vibe (laughs) compared to I think the last game I went to it was like in Tampa Bay which like who cares Tampa Bay (laughs) um so it was definitely like a whole different vibe would have been great if we had won or even like if we had lost, but not that bad. Um, but yeah. neither, neither of those things are were true. And that's okay. 
and like right so I went with my parents and we met my brother in in town uh we went and had dinner before the game and yeah we like we made like a whole night of it it was awesome I love going to, I love going to Fenway I love going to to games I'm not a big like I'm not a big baseball person in terms of like watching it by myself at home but I like watching it with other people and I like being at the games especially Fenway Fenway yeah. is the most fun like I've been to a few different yeah. baseball parks and Fenway is the best hands down. I, yeah, I, I, I'm that person that I can't really watch. I can't watch baseball when it's on TV. I love like when I do watch baseball, I like it when, when I'm actually there. Cause you yeah. can just kind of, yeah. or I like, baseball. yeah. Or I like watching it like with other people or like being at like a bar or a brewery when the game is on and like, it's kind of a like communal experience, exactly. but I mean, exactly. like when I don't have cable. So like watching it at home isn't really an option for me anyway, but like, even when I did, I would always like, I, 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 like half the time I wouldn't like watch the whole thing. Cause I get halfway through and be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Cause it's more, it's, it's just not the same. It's not the same. It. No. I mean, it's anytime you go, you go to any live event and like, we're talking about baseball, but like, whether it be like sports or like concerts or theater or anything like that, like the same, you get the same kind of energy and excitement just from being there in person and being around other people who are there for the same thing. And you yes. can't do, you can't duplicate that feeling. You know what I mean? No. Um, and no. it's, I think now that, you know, now that I think about it, it's the first live event I've been to since lockdown. Really? Mm-hmm. Cause we saw, I've been out and about, but like, I like, this is the first time where I was actually like, like an, audience member quote-unquote like yeah and yeah I just I'm I really I missed it I missed it a lot yeah and, and it it's like really that thing nice where it's like back. I'm like it's it's that thing where it's like I'm so happy <clears throat> even I'm so happy to be able to be furious that this team for being awful yes. person. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I've been mad at the end I'm of my so whole for the last year and a half. I'm so grateful that I get to be furious about how bad my team sucks in yeah. person. I get to I get to go out and do it instead of like doing it from my couch. I get to <laughs> I get to openly yell at them, surrounded yeah. by other people who are also openly yelling at them. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we have one guy who's sitting in front of us too, who was like heckling like the Yankees every time they went up to bat, like, which was hilarious. It would be so obnoxious. In any other context, but like this time, I was like, "Yeah, you know what? Fuck those guys. You're right." Yeah, I'm just happy to be around other humans. <laughs> exactly. Like, yes, yeah. I will pay twelve dollars for this beer. I'm just happy to have the today. Today on my run. Today on my run, I got yeah. whistle. I got honked at while I was like turning in to go into my into my neighborhood, and yeah. I think it's the first time I've been honked at on a run since mm. like this all started. And <laughs> yeah, the yeah. second it happened, I was like. Nature is healing. Nature is healing. <laughs> so when you said that there was a, somebody screaming, like, screaming at the Yankees players, like in yeah. front of you, it's like uh, balance restored. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Things are, things are um, as they should be. Things are, everything is as they should be. We have come exactly. full circle. Uh, so no, I really yeah. like that. That's, that's, that's how I feel. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of like, honestly, one of my palate cleansers was going to be like being back in school and like mm -hmm. seeing all these kids, like practically vibrating with the excitement of being around each other and like going places. Yeah. Like there's been more signups for outdoor, like 
off-campus activities mm-hmm. that there's ever been because they're just desperate to like- They're just desperate for anything to do. They're like, oh yeah. my God, we get to go like to the movie theater with <laughs> like boys and just like be somewhere else. And yeah. it's just so fun. So it's, it's a nice, like, it's a nice kind of, uh, it's a nice palate cleanser in general from like last October mm, when it was yeah. like, there's so many things that I want to do, but if I, if I step outside, the air will kill me. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Exactly. And it's, you know, it's a little bit hard too, because we're not on the other side of this yet. No, not yet. So I'm kind of, I, I'm, it feels a little bit, oh yeah, we're vaccinated. And like, no, 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 I'm saying like, oh, to the people that, yeah, if you're not like, do it, like, come on. Yeah, like, we, we are both before, like, like, I just uh, to like clarify, both of yeah, us of are fully vaccinated. We are all taking, we are taking full precautions. We're still masking, we're like, still mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm aware that it feels a little bit weird to be celebrating stuff like this when we're still kind of in the midst of all the bullshit but on the other hand the bullshit's not as bad as it was at this time last year yes and we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and and we're in a position where we are people that are being respond we've been very responsible we Mm -hmm. are still being very responsible Mm -hmm. so we have like I was saying to somebody I was like I feel kind of guilty about doing this or doing this yeah and said you've been doing every single thing correctly for 18 months you deserve you're allowed to you're allowed to get out and do something that you enjoy yeah but then I'm like that's how I feel about it but then I'm like but then I'm like but what if I'm not (laughs) yeah no it's it's the voice it's the voice in the back of your head going what if you're wrong moment when everything falls apart but then I'm like no no stop it and, and also like the like the whole world is not going to fall apart because you went to a wedding and I went to a baseball game like I, I would yeah, love to think I would love to think we have that kind of power how much power <laughs> yeah and I think that honestly if there's anything this past year has taught me in general it's that mm. it's just that what we're doing day to it's what we individually are doing day to day we can't, we can't like do, we can't, we can't alter what everybody in the entire world is doing. We can't like save the world by ourselves, but it's what we do like within our own little circles. That is the most important. So that's going to make the impact on our, uh, on our world and our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And so you going to a a baseball game gives you that breather to like have fun, be with your family. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it gives you spoons essentially to like then go back and like do the things you need to do me being at the wedding I was able to then go okay I I did that now I now I'm you know and I was responsible at the wedding too I had a mask and everything Uh yeah absolutely and you know was with my nephew so I really wanted to make sure that I was you know being responsible and it was lovely and really just nice to be around humans Mm. Uh, I definitely hit capacity very very early Uh, (laughs) but I'm glad that I'm in a position where I am like, oh, peopled out. I'm like, I haven't been peopled out in two years. I know, right? Nice to to do that. So all of that being said, you should get vaccinated because then you can enjoy the ooky spooky, wonderful things about fall that we enjoy. That's right. And so, you know, go, go do it, please do it. 
um, the, the, the sooner you all do it, the faster we get out of this for once and for all. We're, we're so close. Mm-hmm. We're so close. Um, yeah, so that is pretty much it. Um, we are mm-hmm. so excited for October. Yeah. Spooky, spooky season is upon us. So we've got one more um, uh, main feed episode dropping this month, which is super fun. Um, and we've also got a um, we've got a, a commentary episode that uh-huh. will drop at the end of the month on Halloween. Yes. Yep. And yeah, so we record, and then we're recording the one that's going to drop after that, like before Halloween, which will be really fun. Yeah. And. Yeah, so follow us on Twitter at uh, Twitter and Instagram at FrankenBridePod. You can also email us at FrankenBridePod at gmail.com. And have an amazing start to your October. Get ready for spooky season. And (laughs) we will see you next time on Brides of Frankenstein. Thanks, everyone. Bye. so things take a turn at dinner when i'm sorry i'm sorry it, it took a second but the count chocula thing made <laughs> like like it caught up in my brain what we were saying and i was like what the fuck are, we are you on a five second delay like i don't know it just all of a sudden i was like oh that was funny i feel like if we were to cut that and like count how long it took <laughs> i don't know oh, I, mean, I, don't, I don't like like we, yeah, we're, we're, we're having a, a debate about like breakfast cereal commercials i'm like that's fine that's a normal thing that people it's do. fine <laughs> hey that's how we learned what vampires sounded like either that's, from like yeah Sesame yeah that's yeah yeah no you're you're right you just made me laugh oh i oh i know <laughs> yeah you don't need to tell me Anyway, all right, let's, let's get this, get this fucking show back on track. Things are going fine. Things are going fine.